Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Thank you, Lord. You know, we're starting a new series this morning um, on encountering God. And this is what I can tell you, that, that there are people on both sides of the spectrum. You've got those people that are continually... You know, they're, they're talking about the, 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 uh, the experiences that they have with the Lord. It's like, man, I went up on the, the mountains and, and, and I just began to worship God and God was there. And, and I just feel so refreshed and rejuvenated coming back down off the mountain. Or, man, I spent time in prayer this morning and the Holy Spirit just showed up and the whole atmosphere changed and the presence of the Lord just filled the little room that I was in, and, and it was so beautiful. It was so wonderful. And then on the other side, you've got those people that you talk to, and you've talked to them, and I've talked to them. It's like, man, I, I just feel like I'm going through a drought. I haven't, I haven't felt God in a long time. It seems like when I, when I talk to God, He doesn't listen. Maybe He's not even aware of the situations and the issues that I'm going through it's been so long. And I just believe this wholeheartedly while the truth is, is God sometimes at some points in, in, in time, He just reaches down and, 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 and He begins to move and nobody's got an expectation for Him to move, but He almost just reaches down and He, and he gives us a kiss and, and He does these incredible things. But I also believe that those people that seem to experience God on a regular basis, they do something. They prepare themselves. They have expectation that, you know what? I am in relationship with God, and as I sit down and I read my Bible, or if I, I sit down in my prayer chair, or if I go up to the mountain just to, you know, just to spend some time adorning and, and looking at God's creation, I believe He's going to meet me in that place. And so, so we're going to be taking a look at, at encounters that God has with, with, with His people, with people. And we're going to be starting that today. But the greatest thing that I want to come out of this series is just a deeper desire and an expectation. Because this is, what, this is what I can tell you. There's one thing to know about God. And there are some brilliant people in this world, so much more smart than I am. And, and I listen to, you know, you know they, they teach us, and, and I just, I, I listen to them, and, and it is good, and it helps me to understand God and, and the deeper things of God. But I also know some people with a great deal of head knowledge have never experienced what it's like to, to, to receive the mercy of God, the grace. They know much more about God in, in and through the studying of His Word, but they've never experienced God. They don't know what it's like to, you know, to, to, to wake up and, and, and you're in shame and go to bed and you're in shame and wake up with guilt and condemnation and then all of a sudden a good God just reaches down and says, let me take that. Let me just remove that. Let me take that all the way. And so we need to have knowledge, we need to have understanding, but we also need to experience the love and the power of a God that wants to be experienced. Come on, He is not so far removed, He is present. And I believe that one of the greatest things that we can do is create space like we've done this morning through just great worship where God's people are just, you know, lifting our hands and saying, God... I just, I just can't, you know, I don't want things to remain the same. God, I surrender to you. I need you. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody that just came to, you know, to church this morning with little or no expectation, the Holy Spirit begins to move and it begins to move upon their heart and they come to a place of surrender. They experience the love of God maybe for the, for the first time. How many of you know that that's the most wonderful thing that can happen 
Come on, and then get, in, get into a Bible study. Get into a small group. Come on, become a part of the church. Start reading their Bible by themselves, for themselves, just to, just to get, for no other reason, but just to get to know just how good this God is that has been so good to them and his character. And then the next thing you know, their, their whole life has changed. The things that they dealt with before, they don't deal with anymore. And, and I'm just saying that, that, come on, I really believe church, and I'm sorry about taking so much time with this, but I really believe that if the church would just take its position and allow the fire of God, the fire, come on, the, of the Holy Spirit that is in us, if we, would, if we would take our place, then maybe our world wouldn't be as divided as it is today. You know, I hear about these different just groups. I'm just, it's all out there. I've had to shut off social media, but you hear about, you know, this militia. These people are trying to get together because how dare they take our, you know, our, destroy our statues. And it, it, it burns, it, something inside of me burns and I can get in the flesh just like anybody else. But how about even greater than something like that taking place where the church, come on, God's militia, begin to love more, serve more. Come on, reach more, understand more. Come on, how about the church just get back to doing the basic things of the church, which is being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and loving one another better. Listen, let's figure out how to love one another better before we start loving the world better. We could start right in the same church here, right? I mean, we could start within the body of Christ and then, and then move out. But I'm just saying that, that as we get closer, I believe that the voice of the Lord is going to get louder. But for you and I to participate, we've got to be in position Come on and say, listen, Lord, whatever it is, I'm ready. Whatever the cost, I'm ready. And I'm just saying that, that it's a wonderful time to be alive. It's a wonderful time to be a Christian. I'm saying get involved. Come on, fully commit. And let's see what it is that God can do to restore some of the, some of the things that, that maybe we've lost, some of the things that you already miss. Amen. Can we give the Lord just a hand clap this morning? Amen. I'm going to ask you to be seated and on your way down, wave to somebody that you haven't seen in a little while. I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. Welcome to our online church. I'm excited about this brand new series we're starting today. So today we're talking about encounters, and I specifically want to talk about a man by the name of Jacob's encounter with you this morning. Over the next few minutes, we're going to be taking a look at his life. But you need to know a little bit about Jacob. Number one, he was the grandson of Abraham. His father was Isaac, and then there's Jacob. It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Jacob is the grandfather to Abraham. And, um, and Jacob is the twin. He's a twin. We've got, we've got some twins in our own church here. But Jacob was the second-born twin. Which one was born first? Of course, the Alpha. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brandon's like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Um, but, uh, but, but Esau uh, and Jacob, the Bible says that they were wrestling in the womb of their mother, meaning that they were fighting. Now, how many of you had sibling rival, r- rivalry when you were growing up? I, I wrestled with my with my brothers, and, um, and, and oftentimes, you know, it was just always a wrestling match between them, but it's nothing compared to what Jacob and Esau, matter of fact, if you were to look at Jacob's life, and there was one word that was a descriptive word to grab a hold of his life, it would probably be, I would put the word struggle on his life, like he fought, he was fighting from day one, you know, until God did something uh, significant in his life. And so I want you to know this, that if you're struggling today, like this message is for you. You know, maybe you've come in here today and you're like, I got issues. I got financial issues or I got relationship issues or, or I'm just... You know, I got issues with the state that our world's in, you know, my, my country right now. I can't believe we're so divided. I'm just saying that if you are struggling, 
you got something wrong in your body, you've got a sickness or a disease or, or, or you know, you've got a surgery coming up. I'm just telling you that today's message is for you. Come on, if you're struggling in any way. Let's go ahead and pick up our story. And this is the latter, the latter half of the story. It's found in the book of Genesis chapter 32. And we're going to start with verse 22. If you've got your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn them at this time. If you don't have your Bible, go ahead and take a look at the screen behind me. But this is what it says, and I'm reading out of the New International Version. It says, that night Jacob got up and he took his two wives. Now listen, that's a whole series within itself. We'll talk about Jacob's two wives at a later date, but we're just going to skip right over that right now. He took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions so that Jacob was left alone. I want to just pause right there just for a second. Sometimes God does his most incredible work in our lives when we're alone. We fight against being alone. We don't want to be alone. We fight against isolation. We don't want to be isolated. I don't think that we were created to be alone, but there are periods of time where it is good for you to be alone, where it's good for you to be isolated. And oftentimes, pastoring, I have seen some of God's greatest work done whenever it's just that person and God. There's no distractions. Come on, there's, there, there, you know, nothing's getting your attention um, I can tell you this, one of the issues that we have in our world today is we are trying to find within other people what only God can give to us. And I'm telling you what, that relationship is going to come up short 100% of the time. When you try to fulfill what God is supposed to be for you, you try to fulfill it with another person, it will come up short 100% of the time. Because there are certain things that God, A, He's jealous of, but He... He is supposed to, you know, give to you in and through relationship. And so I just want to park on this for a second that sometimes the greatest things are done when you are all alone and all by yourself. The Bible goes on to say um, that, uh, that Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And so I want to just give some understanding here too. Um, this is kind of a, a deep thought and and, and, and there's a lot of smart people that have a handle on this a lot better than I do. But, um, but, but there are many times in God's Word where, where God Himself or, or the Son of Man, the Son of God, will, will, will show up on the scene as another person. As a, there, there are many times that angels will appear as people. And so this is one of those times where where I believe that God is, they call it a Christophany, where, where Jesus shows up in the form of a man. And I believe that that's exactly what's happening here. Um, so the Bible says that, that Jacob's all alone, and, uh, and, and, and he began to wrestle with this man until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched. And so here, God, here, here Jacob is fighting against God so powerfully that, that God literally had to cripple him, um, you know, to get, and, and it changed the way that he walked for the rest of his life. And, and somebody agree with me that that's an encounter. You know what I mean? Jacob was walking one way and then he encountered God. There's so much spiritual things behind that, but he began to walk a different way. And so the Bible says that as he wrestled with the man, uh, as he wrestled with the man, then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Come on, and some people here today, you know, maybe you're looking at this, this point in your life and you're like, listen, I can't go another day or another month the way things are, let alone another year. You know, I don't know about you, but 2020, you know, while God has been very good to, you know, to my family and me, 2020 is a year that I'm looking forward to getting out of. 
Uh, and and, I, and I'm, my approach for 2021 is, is, God, I just hope that 2021 is much different than this last year. I hope we're much further down the road, come on, than, than, than where we are. I hope we get some of these issues that we've been facing, you know, behind us. But, but Jacob's wrestling with this man. He says, listen, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I can't, I can't continue to stay in the marriage that I am if it's going to remain the same. I can't, I can't go through another month of having total sleepless nights, not being able, come on, to get my rest because I'm worrying about my children and their well-being. I can't, con- I can't continue on the way things have been. The Bible goes on to say, the man asked him, what's your name? And I believe that there's a lot um, kind of wrapped up in this. What's your name? You know, the man was asking Jacob, come on, what labels have been put on your life? And, and, and if you know the story of Jacob, his name meant a great deal. And I just believe that this morning that, that people may have put labels on your life that, um, th- that are not great labels. You know what I mean? And, and, and because people are viewing you a certain way, you really haven't raised above, come on, whatever that label is. And so, so the man says, listen, what's your name? And Jacob responds. He says, my name is Jacob, which the name Jacob meant deceiver. The name Jacob meant liar. The name Jacob meant you can't trustworthy. You can't trust me. I'm 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 not trustworthy. It also had other meanings like grabber of the heel because of the wrestling match that he and Esau had in the in the womb and the fight come on to be the firstborn. And so he says, "Listen, my this is my name. You really want to know my name is liar, deceiver, untrue. Come on, this is who I am." And and the man answered back to Jacob. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and you've struggled with humans and have overcome. He says, listen, I'm giving you a new name. I'm giving you a new day. I'm giving you a new beginning. Come on, I'm changing your past. You have been living hopelessly. You've been struggling. Everything in your life has come by struggle. But I'm putting the favor of God on your life, and you're not going to struggle anymore. I'm changing your identity. You were this, and now you're this. And I'm just saying this, that some of you, that's what you need today. You've bought into the to the ways of the world. You've bought into the lies of the enemy. Sometimes those lies have been put on you by people that that are supposed to love you well. But I'm just saying this, that God, come on, he will clarify and clean up who you are. And he's given you a new name, come on, and a new day and a bright future to look forward to. Jacob said, please tell me your name. Isn't that funny? God says, listen, tell me your name. My name's Jacob. He says, no longer is your name Jacob, it's going to be Israel, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to do some incredible, and Jacob has the audacity, well, tell me your name, but he replied, why do you ask my name, and he never told him the name. You know what, when God is wanting to do something in our lives, we want to know the details, right? We want to know how, what, when, where, why, what's it going to look like, what should I keep my eyes open for? And I believe that God is just saying, listen, will you just trust me? Come on, I'm doing something. The thing that I'm doing has already been done. You don't even realize it yet. Just trust me and begin to walk it out. The details are up to me. You don't need to know the details. He says, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. He didn't tell him his name. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and he spared my life. I titled this, this message today, I titled it The Wrestler. The Wrestler. I think there's a lot of people wrestling either in this place or watching online. The Wrestler. I had, a, I had a, an older brother, he's four years older than I am, and this older brother of mine was a lot bigger than I was my whole life. He's a big man, he's bigger than me quite a bit bigger than me uh, right now. Uh, he's a big man, and, um, and he grew up watching WWF. 
which I think turned to WWE and it turned to a whole lot of other things. But you guys know what I'm talking about, like that fake wrestling stuff. You know what I'm talking See, I just offended a bunch of people that love WWF, WWE. And anyway, being four years younger, my brother used to love to try these moves, like a suplex, and, and he would take our face and ram it into the turnbuckle, which was usually the bed, thank the Lord, and it wasn't the bedpost. But, but, but we grew up, come on, getting beat up on. And I'm just saying this today, that many people wrestle between who they've become and where they should be. Many people are in a wrestling match between who they have become and what they're supposed to be. Right? Come on, we, we pause in the middle of, 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 of our lives and we, we, we say things like this, man, how did I get here? I never saw myself being right here. You know, I know because I was raised in the church and I was, I was, I was, I was taught, you know, the, the, the Bible. I remember, you know, going to Sunday school with the flannel, you know, stories and they don't have the real cool thing. They had the flannel. Anybody remember the flannel graph stories? Come on, I was raised knowing that God had a great plan for me, but how did I get here? So it's a wrestling match between where we are and where we should be. So, so number one, I want you to write this down. We wrestle with our secrets. I've said this a hundred times. If I've said it once, that you'll always be as sick as your secrets. If you've got secrets, you need to find somebody to share them with. You need to share them first with the Lord. He knows them already anyway. You don't have to hide them. You're not very good at it. He sees all things and knows all things. But we wrestle with our secrets. I think it's interesting that Jacob was named deceiver before he ever deceived anybody. Once again, this is a label that was put on him that he kind of became, I believe, because there's life and death in the power of our words and the things that are spoken over us. And unfortunately, we, we come up underneath what... what what other people view us to be. And so he was named deceiver way before he started deceiving. See, Jacob wanted the blessing of the birthright, the blessing of the firstborn. If, if anything, Jacob valued, come on, the, the, the hand of favor, the blessing that comes from God and comes from, you know, his father laying hands on him. But he was the second born. He had a good fight, he put up a good fight. But I'm telling you what, out of the two, Esau was the strong, manly man, and Jacob was the mama's boy. Esau could care less about the blessing. He was all about hunting and, and fishing and just kind of doing manly things. But Jacob really had a heart for the things of God, but he was a mama's boy. And this is what I can tell you about every mama's boy. They know how to cook. Mama's boys know how to cook. And so, so Jacob's trying to figure out how he can get the blessing. And so he makes this beautiful pot of soup, smelling great, putting all the, all the right stuff in it. His brother comes home from a hard day hunting or work, and, and he smells that soup, and he's hungry. And, and Jacob, he says, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll trade. I'll give you this whole, this whole bowl, this whole pot. Come on, four the blessing. And Esau was like, yeah, sure. But he still, had to, he still had to pull it off. Come on, he still had to sell it to his dad. So the Bible says that his dad was getting old and he was blind and, and he took the, 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 the skin of an animal, a hairy animal, and he placed it. See, when Esau came out of the womb, the Bible said that he was red and he was hairy, like he had hair all over his whole body. And Jacob, he was, well, he was probably a fair-skinned, you know, just, just lotioned his body every day and, you know, did all that. And so, so he had to sell this to his dad, and so he put animal skin with the fur on his, on his arms, and he went before his father, and his father gave him the blessing. Come on, but the father blessed the pretender, and I'm just saying one of the issues that we have in our world today is people are always trying to be something that they're not. They're pretending. And God does not want to bless, come on, 
who you're pretending to be. He wants to bless who you were intended to be. And so many people are so, that we're wrestling with because we see this person over here as successful and we see this person over here as successful and so we're like, listen, I'm just going to do what they do and I'm going to do what they do and God's called you to do what you're supposed to do but you're too busy trying to be what you were never created to be and guess what? You might get the blessing of the pretender but guess what? Jacob was not happy. He was not peace, in peace, even though he had come on the blessings of God because it was done through deception. It was done through a lie. So you may get to the point where everybody around you said, wow, look at how good they are and how successful they are. But you still have a, a life filled with emptiness that will never be satisfied because you're chasing after being somebody that you're not instead of being who you are. Come on, our world is filled with it. We see highlights on Facebook and YouTubers and all these Instagrammers and everybody's trying to be something. They're all trying to be experts and they're 14 years old. And so what they do is they take information that they get from other people and they just regurgitate it. And then people follow them and they're, and they're following a person that's a facade. They're following a person that doesn't have, they're not even who they are, but they are being something that you want them to be as their followers. And they've completely lost their identity. And our world is filled with people like this. Come on, he blessed the pretender, but now Jacob is miserable for the rest of his life. In the book of Psalm chapter 32 and verse 3, and this is King David King David said this, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all of my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And guess what? When David confessed his rebellion to the Lord, God asked him all these kind of questions. Man, why, why did you do it? Come on, you knew you shouldn't have done that, right? Like, like see, we do that. When people confess their guilt and their shame, we run them through the ringer and say, well, you know, we're going to make sure that you don't do that again. But that's not what God did. It says that when I confess my rebellion to the Lord, you forgave me. There was no questions. There was no explanation. There was no, there was no, well, you're going to get it right, you know, from here on out, aren't you? No, immediately he confessed and he was forgiven. Done deal. Done deal. And I'm just saying, the greatest thing that we can do is just come to God and confess our guilt and our rebellion and our shame and receive the forgiveness. And all your guilt will be gone. Number two, we wrestle with our past. Boy, I could spend a lot of time on this. I'm not going to. But we wrestle with our past. Man, why did I do that? Why didn't I do this? Wow. The, you know, we, we know for a fact that we are today where we are because of the decisions that we made in our previous days, right? And you will be tomorrow at a certain point in life because of the decisions that you've, that you've made today. Can I tell you this? You, listen, I want everybody to look at me just real quick. You cannot change your beginning. You can't change your past at all. But this is the problem. And, and I see a lot of heads shaking. We can't change our past, but we devote and we use all of our energy, all of our emotional capacity, everything that we have, come on, trying to figure out why we did what we did that brought us to the place that we are, instead of just saying, man, I blew it! 
My past is my past. I can't do anything about it, but I can do something about today. Instead of wasting my emotional energy and all of my resources on why did I do that? Why did I? Why am I here? Stop it. I can't do anything about it. This is where I'm at. I can change today. And if you change today, what you can do is you can give yourself a better ending in life. Come on, this is where legacies are made. This is where stories are made. Stories and testimonies aren't built on, yeah, I was a drug addict, and I was an alcoholic, and boy, I just had more girls than anybody else, and and I was a liar, and I was a thief, and I was this or that, and now I'm not those things. Come on, your testimony is, listen, there was a time where I had an encounter with God and he changed who I was. I don't even want to spend a lot of time on all that garbage because it really doesn't make sense unless I'm talking to somebody, unless I'm talking with somebody that was dealing with the same issues I dealt with. Maybe I'll spend a little bit more time, but that's not me. Come on, I'm not going to take you back to who I used to be. I am a different person, and you're a different person. Use your energy, come on, to move where God's taking you to to the place that you're supposed to be. Wow. That's why I love Deuteronomy chapter 4 and 29. It says, listen to this. It says, but if from there. From where? From there. From where you are right now. But if from there. Where you are right now. If from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and all your soul. This is why I love doing weddings. I've done well over 100 weddings. I love marrying people. It is, it's really cool. But there's a portion of the wedding that I love to say, from this day forward. See, from this day forward, it doesn't matter how many girlfriends you've had from this day forward. It doesn't matter how many boys you've kissed from this day forward. It doesn't matter what labels have been put on you because of the small town that you live in and everybody knows your business from this day forward. I'm telling you what, from this day forward is the only thing that matters. And if those people are going to put stuff on you, then they don't know you because you're not that person any longer. It doesn't matter who you used to be. It matters the commitment, the devotion that you're making to one another and making before the Lord at that point, from this day forward. I love that. I'm so grateful that that is the place that we get to live from this day forward. Isaiah 43 and verse 18, forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. Oh, amazing. It's right in the Word. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? You see, God can be doing all kinds of new things, but you're not paying attention. You don't even perceive it because you're stuck with your head in the rearview mirror worrying about the issues and the problems that you've made yesterday. And he's saying, listen, I'm doing a new thing. Hey, 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 I got to get your attention. I'm doing a new thing. Hey, quit looking in the rearview mirror. I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Well, no, I don't perceive it because my head's in my hands and I'm crying. I can't believe I'm here. Pick your head up. Come on, you serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Greater is he that's in me than my past. Right? Number three, we wrestle with God. Jacob tried everything. This is why I love my job. Because I used to get all bent out of shape when somebody, I wouldn't see it. Somebody comes to the church They get radically saved, have this cool encounter with God, and then all of a sudden, you don't see them. And you know their story, and you're thinking, man, man, I hope they didn't go back to drinking. I hope they didn't do this. And then you'd call, man, how you doing? They wouldn't take your call because whenever you're in the world, the last thing you want to do is talk to the pastor. And then I'm taking full responsibility. Man, I can't get a hold of them, this and that. Now, I don't even bother because you know what? Life itself is going to direct them right back. If they've had an encounter, if they've had, if they've had a real experience with God, it's a matter of time before they find themselves either back in this church or another great Bible-believing church because life has a way of teaching you lessons. Yeah. 
what am I doing out here after what I know and what I've experienced? Man, I need to get into the house. I need to hit my knees. I need to repent before the Lord. I need to ask God to forgive me, that he would have mercy on me. See, life is an incredible teacher. Life will beat you up and spit you out, but thank God his mercies are new every day, and he'll be waiting for you. Just like the father was looking for the prodigal to come home, waiting with open arms, ready to throw that robe around you, put the sandals upon your feet, and give you the signet ring of the family name. Come on, he is ready to kill the fatted calf, to have the party, to have the celebration, so that, so that, so that you can be restored. Amen. But we wrestle with God. Hebrews 3 and verse 7 says, that is why the Holy Spirit says, today, and I want to say this, I want you to listen now, today, this is for everybody here and online, today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. I believe that you're hearing the voice of the Lord because the word of the Lord is being spoken today. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested me and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. They were, they were every day, they were, they were experiencing the miracles and the provision of God. So I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts will turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest. I'm telling you what, God will allow conflict in your life, and oftentimes it's the conflict that brings us to a place of repentance. It's a, it brings us to a place of surrender. So what do we do? I'm going to give you two things that sound super simple to do, but these things are, are the two things that people wrestle with the most. I want you to pay attention because it's possible you can be wrestling with one of these two things or both of them today. What do we do? Number one, to serve God, you have to give up control. You cannot be in control and serve the Lord. This is why we want, you know, so many people love the idea of God saving them, but we struggle with Him being Lord. Lord means He's the boss. Lord means my life is not my own. Lord means, God, okay, I don't understand it, but let's do it anyway. Let's go. I'm trusting you. Lord is trust. Lord is surrender. Lord is, Lord is, is, uh, is peace because you know that he can, he can use you and care for you better than you can use you and care for you. And I don't know how other people get there. Like, I am a slow, I am, a, I am one of the slowest learners that there is. But I'm telling you what, God allowed life to beat me down and beat me down and beat me down and beat me down and beat me down to the point where it's like, I, I don't want to be in control because it always ends in a train wreck. See, some of you guys are not as blessed as me because some of you guys can make better decisions and it may take you longer, come on, to learn because, because you're like, yeah, I really don't need to surrender to God because I do a pretty dang good job of calling the shots and leading my life by myself. See, I was blessed. I'm a dummy. <laughs> I was blessed. I make bad decisions. I was blessed because it, 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 I, just, I just keep hitting the wall, hitting the wall, hitting the wall. And a dummy at some point is going to say, I'm not going to do that no more. And so, and so we have to give up control. I'm telling you what, brokenness precedes breakthrough. Like some of the greatest things that the Lord loves to hear is, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. The, one of the most beautiful things that the Lord loves to hear is the words, I repent. Isn't that powerful? So brokenness precedes breakthrough. The best kind of worship that we can worship out of is is brokenness, like when we're broken. How many of you know that God loves worship when we're broken? We're just like, I can't, I can't do it no more. I, I just can't. God, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna worship you. Brokenness, humility, humble worship. God loves, loves, he loves the, we were talking about this before the service. God would love the worship of the person that cannot carry a tune in the bucket 
but was completely humble, like they were singing at the top of their lungs because of their adoration of a God that's been so good, rather than the person that sings beautifully, that is singing at the top of his or her lungs because they sound so great. God loves humble humility. Uh, he, loves, he loves humble worship. And the other, the other kind of worship that God loves is just simple appreciation. I had the privilege of going to Utah. I was looking to, I want to get a, just another motorcycle so that I can enjoy taking rides with my sons when they're home. So I negotiated just an incredible deal. I'm like, you know, I'm driving to Utah. I got in my mind, I'm picking up this, this motorcycle. And, and I can just tell you, the guy that was selling me the motorcycle and, and me, we have two different definitions for the word pristine. <laughs> like, like he said, this motorcycle is pristine. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting it for this price. Well, there was a reason why I was getting it for this price. Three hours later, in Tuele or Tool or something, Utah. Tooele? No, no, it's farther than that. It's, it's, it's in the Tuleys. But anyway, this is the cool thing is, is I, I, you know, the, the trip wasn't for the motorcycle. The trip was for me and my son just to hang out and have some windshield time together. And I was just kind of sharing with him you know, he said, Dad, what are you preaching on? I'm like, encounters with God. And he was like, he's like, yeah, man. I, and he was just kind of sharing. He asked me, he said, when was the last time that you had an encounter with God? I said, honestly, it was on the way from Idaho up here to Utah. I'm just driving through looking at the mountains, and I'm just, just a heart of appreciation just came over my heart, and I'm like, man, God, thank you for being so good to me. Thank you for letting me have this time just looking at your beauty. I'm not saying anything. I'm not taught. Tyler's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. There's a little music in the background, but in my heart, come on, God's doing something because of a heart of appreciation that I have. Wow, God, I don't deserve to be where I'm at. Here I am. I got my boy right next to me. You know what I'm saying? We're driving along, and, and this place is beautiful, and Come on. Appreciation. The Lord loves a heart of appreciation. Number two, and this is the last one. Number one is we've got to give up control. Number two is we have to give our whole life. A lot of these, you know, cross over. These two cross over a lot. But can I just tell you this, that God desires your whole life. He, he desires all of it. Doesn't want 50% of it, doesn't want 75%, of it, doesn't want 99%. He wants your whole life. And for some of you, just look at me just real quick. Not some of you, but maybe some others that you know. For some of us, you know, going to church 30% of the time is, well, it's good. I've, I've met people uh, in, in town. Oh, we go to your church. I'm like, hmm, Interesting. Because I'm, I'm pretty observant. I try to make contact through, you know, eye contact with people throughout the whole room several times in my, in my message. And I don't know that I've seen you. Well, we don't go very often. I'm like, listen, man, you should, it's great that you come. That's great. But you should come more often. Like, like as for me and my house, you need to, you should, you should make the declaration. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I know we're coming out of COVID and all that. It's a strange time that we live in. But I'm just saying this, that you should, you should commit to some things. And I'm not saying you have to be here every Sunday, but come on. One out of four, we, we can do a little bit better than that. Sometimes whenever there's needs that are put out before the church, hey, listen, there's a great opportunity for us to serve. It's like you'll let 20 of those opportunities go by and you might sign up for one. Come on, that's not really being invested, being a part of, of the body of Christ. Come on, get involved. Make a difference. I'm just going to share something with you. There's a big church, a big organization in the area that we live in, and we've got a very good name amongst all the different churches in our area, including this church. 
We had some, we had some leaders that had, that, had, that had been involved in this church for a long time. My wife and I were walking down the road. We're trying to get a little exercise, and they pull over. Hey, Pastor Travis, Pastor Tina, the parade's coming up. Would you do us a favor? We need some volunteers to carry the flags. And we're like, absolutely, we would love to. We would love to absolutely serve. And so I tell my wife, man, put it out there. Man, we're going we're gonna to be, have to be beating people up. No, we've already got We've already got the 14 people or 12 people that we need. No, you should have been faster. You know, be faster next time. She puts it out there. A couple people. Yeah, you can count on me. I'm like, okay, there's two, but we need 14. I said, put it out there again. It's like a few days later. One more person signs up. I'm like, I'm starting to sweat. I'm starting to think, you know what I mean? A church our size, we should have plenty of people that says, listen, yeah, I want to serve. I'm going to, be, I'm going to be there. Put it out again, put it out again, and then, then, then more and more people start showing up. And we showed up to the event with more than enough, with enough people to pull it off. And pull it off well, right? But my goodness, don't put your pastor through the stress of thinking that I'm going to have to hold one banner here and one banner here you know, or somebody, and I was in Utah, so I didn't get a chance to go, but, <laughs> but we were stressed out. I was like, what? what? Everybody shut off their Facebook. We need to start making phone calls. Come on, I'm just, I'm just challenging you. Give your whole life. I'm leaving you with this scripture today. The Bible says, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Jesus is saying that. If you, you, if you intend to come with me, Jesus is saying, you've got to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Isn't that powerful? Amen. Come on, walking with Jesus, serving Jesus is the best decision that you can make, but it's going to require two things. You've got to give up self-control, and you've got to go all in. Like there's no half step. Like the truth is, is you'll probably go to heaven even, in the, even if you're just struggling. Like I really do believe that many people are going to go to heaven, but you're going to be fighting it the whole way. And I'm just saying that there's a better way. The better way is to give God control and to, and to invest your whole life into what it is that he would have you, that he would have you to do. Amen. So this is what I want to do. This is the part of the service where I'm going, to ask you to, I'm going to ask you to participate. If you've struggled with being in control, like, like giving God control, I, I just, and you're ready to give God control right now, like I'm a firm believer in being able to mark days down on your calendar. This was the day that I, that I, I gave God control of my life again. If that's you, if you've been struggling with trusting God and giving God control, I'm going to ask you, and you want to change that, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand this morning. Anybody? Awesome. All over the place. I struggle with this as well, um, and, and, and so I'm raising my hand with you. The second thing is, you can put them down just real quick, and you might put it back up again, but the second thing is, is that if you, if you have struggled with really committing and, and being all in, like maybe you've done it in the past and it didn't really work out real well for you, maybe you got hurt, you know, people are mean. How many of you know people can be mean? I'm just saying, if I've ever been mean to you, I apologize. That's not my heart and my nature, and so please forgive me. You have to. Um, no, you don't have to. But if you really would like to, you know, you'd really like to say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go all in. I'm going to commit. You can, I'm going to be more, you know, people can account, you know, count on me a little bit more. God can count on me a little bit more. If you've struggled with that and want to change that, go ahead and raise your hand. Awesome. All over the place. Thank you so much. Now we're just going to pray. God's seen our response, right? And now we're just going to pray that he helps us to follow through with these decisions that we've made. But I can tell you this, that God loves, loves the heart of what just took place here. It's like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm, coming, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up short. I recognize it. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some adjustments and I'm going to trust the Lord. That's all we're doing. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these people. God, thank you for our worship. So awesome. The presence of the Lord is in this place. 
God, even though, you know, our, our nation's in, in just a crazy time right now, and not only does it seem like we're crazily divided, but, but God, we've got COVID, and we've got all these issues and stuff. God, we just, we put all that on pause right now, and we just, we just focus on you. God, just like you said, you know what I mean? If we're going to follow you, if we're going to be if we're going to be your disciples, then that means that you're going to be in the driver's seat. We're not going to be there. So God, I've struggled with this, and, and many others have struggled with this, and we just repent. God, we just say, I'm sorry. Repentance is recognizing wrongdoing, but it's also making a decision to stop doing it and do what's right. It's an about face. It's a military term. I'm going this direction. I'm shifting, and I'm going a, a better direction. So God, thank you, Lord, for the work of the Holy Spirit that have brought us to a place of raising our hands. Now, God, we make the commitment before you that we give you control. We pray that. Just everybody that raised your hand, just pray that. God, I give you control. Say it out loud. You need to profess it out. God, my life, I give it to you. I give you control. And Lord, we also just recognize that you want all of our life. We want, you want everything. You're jealous. Anything that we put before you, it makes you jealous because you love us so much and you've been so good to us. So Lord, right now we also commit to give you all of our life. Lord, that we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That we will prefer you before everything else. And God, we repent of our sins for for not doing that, but right now, God, we just, we say, listen, I'm going to be somebody that you can count on, God, and your church, your, your people can count on. I'm investing my life to make a difference. Thank you for that. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name, and I pray also a special prayer for those that are watching online. I, I hope that even online that you've raised your hand in your living room, it's important that you, that you do and take advantage of every opportunity that's provided to us. If you've raised your hand, the Lord is with you, His Spirit is with you, and you make that commitment right where you are. But Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the worship. Thank you, Lord, for our church. We pray, Lord, that you would always be glorified and lifted up in this place and that, Lord, that you would, you would do something so strong in us that, that when we go out, we're going to make a difference in this community. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. Services are Sundays at 8.45 and 11 a.m., as well as our Wednesday evening service at 6.30 p.m. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.